Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by Bookies, an independent bookstore located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago. Bookies has a large inventory of new and used books for both adults and children across many genres. Bookies also places orders daily for books that are not currently in stock. For more information and upcoming events, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by Mozart Immersive, the soul of a genius. With music conducted by Mikhail Baryshnikov, this premier production uses AI technology woven around Mozart's music to create an immersive journey. Taking place at the Lighthouse Art Space in Chicago. For more information, please visit MozartImmersive.com. That's MozartImmersive.com. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Salutations, listeners, and welcome back to the Player Profiles podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking for a spot to hear all the great stories that the athletes of St. Xavier University have to offer, then you have come to the right place. Today's athlete is Michael Harmon Jr. Hailing from Rockledge, Florida, he is a bowler on the SXU men's bowling team. Without further ado, let's roll into this interview. <laughs> See what I did there? Michael, thank you so much for taking the time out to come in and do this interview with me, man. No problem, man. I'm excited. So, bowling, right? What got you into this sport in the first place? Uh, I mean, I've been bowling since I can remember walking. Uh, I'm from Florida. We, uh, My family owns a bowling center um, down in Florida, and uh, I was kind of born in there, uh, you oh, could wow. say. There was a crib in there. I spent some nights as a baby in that bowling center after a long time day work from mama but uh yeah I've, I've been bowling ever since I can walk and uh it's the path has kind of been laid before me and I just got to walk in it honestly um you know what I mean growing up in a bowling center uh like that and then I just started bowling a lot and I realized I really liked it and then I realized I was pretty good at it uh so then I kind of got into more of the competitive stuff when I was like a younger teenager and then yeah here we are I had a lot of success and when I was like 15, 16, 17, you know, my, my peak uh, high school years. And then uh, got recruited out of high school to go play some college bowling for Indiana Tech uh, originally. So I'm a junior. Uh, so I spent two years there. We won a national championship my freshman year. Bowled on TV my second year. We bowled on Fox Sports 1. Uh, beat Wichita State on TV. That was pretty cool. Had a little bit of disappointment at the end. But, you know, now I'm here for my junior year. And uh I couldn't be more ready for it. So, yeah, that's a that's a good summary of the journey. But I want to take you back to your days at Edgewood High. Um, you know, obviously, you talked about you know basically being born a bowler mm -hmm. um, and being around bowling your literally your entire life. Uh, when you got to high school, like what was what was the mindset? Like you had been you know figuring out you know things about bowling your whole life, and you've obviously been you know around the game your entire life but when you got to high school what what was the mindset going into into you know high school competitive bowling so uh high school right when i was getting into i went to a junior senior high school so i spent six years at edgewood uh seventh and eighth grade and then all four years of high school there 
Uh, so I was able actually to bowl six years of high school bowling, which is really cool. And uh, in Florida, it's kind of a little bit of a different different system as they have it. It's different in each state. You know what I mean? The format of the bowling. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, key in for a couple of viewers, there's things called bigger games in bowling. And that's basically when you got five guys on a team and they all fill two frames of that game. So, you know, five guys to bowl two frames makes a complete 10 frame game. We did in high school bowling in Florida, you do um, one individual game. So it's five guys on each team bowl. So you got 10, di- 10 guys in that pair bowl in that game. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically total food and fall wins there. And then we do four Baker games right after it. So it really, it really teaches you a lot about the teamwork aspect of it. I mean, because, uh, you know, during an individual game, I can shoot, you know, 260, 280 and really like help carry my team to victory. During a Baker game, I can only bowl two frames. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm only 20% of that game. So it's really a big deal that you got, you know, five, seven, if you're talking about college bowling, because there's eight guys on the team. You know, it's really a big deal. You got seven other guys that are, you know, really good and can help back you up. Um, but for, you know, the way I looked at college bowling was, you know, it was kind of like a, a preview of what, or, I mean, the way I looked at high school bowling, it was like a preview for what college bowling would look like if that's what I really wanted to do. And then, you know, I kind of halfway in there decided, yeah, I really want to do this. Um, going into my ninth, my my 10th grade year, so in the summer of ninth grade and 10th grade, mm-hmm. um, bowled in uh, the Junior Gold Championships, which is the biggest youth tournament that they, you know, have to offer. And uh, was fortunate enough to bowl really well. I uh, made the TV show on that wow. for the U15 boys and ended up finishing third in the nation. So that was like a big stepping stone. And, you know, I was realizing like, you know, hey, I'm re- I'm, I got a lot of potential here. I'm pretty good. Um, so then, yeah. And then that carried into my high school. I had a lot of success in high school, uh, not only on the team level, but also in the individual level. We have this thing. We have a conference tournament. I was able to win it three years in a row mm. on the running and I won it my eighth grade years. So I made, I was the youngest to ever win it. And I had a seven ninety eight for three to, <laughs> to win my, uh, my uh, eighth grade year. Yeah. And then I won it like three years on the, on the row on the back. And so like, I have the record for the most times winning it, but I mean, I only went four for six, but other people only get the, bowl that tournament four times but yeah and then I, I've uh, finished really good in like our district tournament didn't really have much success on the state level unfortunately that's one thing like you know I look back on I wish wish I would have been able to do better there um, but you know personally the other tournaments that I bowled like at, at the individual level was like sometimes felt a little bit more important to me because I felt like hey you know, I know when I get to college, I was, it's going to be, you know, that's when it's like really going to be important with the team stuff and all that, because, you know, I love the guys I bowled with in high school. I, you know, they were always cool. It was always a great time. It was always fun, but like, you know, we never really had the best teams mm. and, and I knew that. So it's like, you know, it's kind of hard when you're, you know, putting all the weight on all the pressure on yourself every time to perform and, you know, your performance basically is a team performance. So, but you know, that's why, those individual tournaments I really strived hard for in high school. And uh, I got a lot of big wins uh, when I was in individual bowl or in high school. Uh, so 
Yeah, I mean, that's those, that's a ridiculous list of accomplishments for someone, you know, at the high school level. Just all those accomplishments. Bowling on national television? Yeah, like, bowled on TV, um, main match play junior goal three years in a row. So I made the top 16 in the country three years in a row, which was really cool. Um, finished uh, my last year of high school. I finished second at Teen Masters, which was pretty big accomplishment. Um, which that's like the second biggest tournament you could say for uh, youth bowling. And then I won a, an SYC, which is a Storm Youth uh, Championships, which those are pretty big tournaments. Um, and I was able to win Parker Bone the third scholarship tournament in New Jersey, which I was like a two, two grand win for smart fund money. Wow. So, you know, helps pay for a little bit of college, which <laughs> is a lot of fun because like, you know, if you think about it with all the other sports, you know, I mean, if you win, like if your travel league team in football or baseball wins, it's not like they're getting that you guys aren't getting like any smartphone money in bowling. Like it's all about you. You get a lot of money. You know what I mean? It, you're competing in these tournaments and you're bringing home. You're not actually bringing it home. But when you you know, when you go to college, you reap the benefit and the reward of how much you know money you've earned over your youth career to then help pay for college. So it's like you kind of get a little bit of return, at least I think for the parents sake, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it kind of reminds me of when um, those teachers always used to tell me, make sure you're striving for all A's because you never know. That might save you a couple thousand bucks when you have to pay tuition for college. And yeah, stuff, stuff like that. That sounds like the bowling version of that. Um, but I do want to ask you about the limelight, you know, being under the lights, you know, being on national television, you know, doing what you love in front of so many people. I mean, what goes through your mind when you when you, you know, when you experience those, you know, competitions where, you know, all the eyes are on you and you see, you know, that you're going to be on national television, do you prep the same way or are you, you know, a little more motivated by it? Like, what, what do you feel when you bowl on national television like that? I would say it's utter excitement. You know what I mean? Like it's our sport is not one that gets to be in the limelight as much as others. You know what I mean? You know, football, college football is everywhere college basketball is everywhere we you know we don't get that same recognition so like to know that you know you you're going to go on tv with your team and you're going to you know going to bowl on fs1 on like a big channel and you know people are going to see you it's just a, it's just really cool it's a really cool experience and instead of um i don't i can't i can't remember the way i put it uh, when i was talking to the guys but like it was more of like don't be don't be afraid don't be afraid of what can go wrong you know look forward to what could go right you know what i mean like have that mindset as in don't put all the pressure on yourself you know because you got seven other guys behind you there that are going to hold you high if you you know if you mess up or whatnot but just don't cut yourself short by being worried about what could go wrong you know what i mean in those situations and I'll definitely say I was a lot more comfortable than any of the other guys on the team because I had that experience of being able to bowl on TV before. But yeah, if if you're gonna get nervous from those moments, and what are you what are you doing it for? You know what I mean? Those are the moments you should live for. So that, that's kind of how I feel about it. I would, and I and I think I'm a very confident person, and I don't really lack confidence in myself. So I think it was easy. It's a little bit easier for me to say that. You know what I mean? Than somebody else. But you know, those are the moments you live for. So. Why would you get afraid of it? Mm, you embraced it with open arms. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I pulled pretty good on TV. <laughs> <laughs>
that's got to feel pretty good. But um, one aspect of bowling that I think goes over people's minds and a lot of people's minds, especially those like me who, you know, don't bowl competitively as much as you do. Um, a lot of people don't know that bowling is a really, really mental game. You know, it can be driven by, you know, the mind a lot as much as, you know, the physical, you know, actual action of bowling. Um, what do you do to make sure that you're always not only physically prepared to bowl, but also mentally prepared to bowl? I feel like over the the last five years, the one of the main reasons behind my success individually and even in the team aspect is my mental mentality, being able to be strong in the head and not, um, not let mistakes, you know, get you because you it's, it's in, like you said, it's in every sport. And I, you know, would tend to believe that, you know, it shows up a lot more in our sport than others because everyone's physically capable of, you know, throwing good, good shots and striking and stuff like that. But it's the people who are mentally give them more focus and, you know, are more concentrated for every single shot. Those are the ones that are advantageous at the end of the day. And the biggest thing about, you know, I'd say bowling mentally is say you go up there, you leave it, you leave it, you know, a single pin spare and you whiff it. You go on the, you go into the next frame, you make a little bit of a bad shot. You leave it another single pin, the same single pin guys are going up there, standing up on the approach thinking, crap, I just missed this last one. I'm probably going to miss this one. And then whatnot. And then whatnot. And it's like, when you have those thoughts running through your head, it's way harder to make a spare than it is when you're just concentrating on making the spare. And I feel like a lot of the other time is like, uh, it's kind of an interesting, the fact that you can see everyone else's scores around you. You know what I mean? You can see what's going on on the scoring monitors of everyone else around you. So say you get up there and you go split, you go six, three, you know, strike six, three, and you're sitting there with, uh, I don't know, like 30, not even 30, you're sitting there with like, 27 in the in the third frame and you're looking around you and a couple guys got you know four timers up on the board you know they're striking ridiculously and stuff if you if you're if you're all focused on all what they're doing then how are you going to be able to focus on yourself to you know get your game back you know what i mean and make the make the right moves maybe you got to make a ball change maybe you got to make a you know zone change move your feet left your eyes left and stuff like that which some people are not going to understand exactly yeah. <laughs> what i'm trying to get at here you know, because they don't know the bowling terminology. But, you know, the thing I'm getting at is the fact that you can see what's going on around you. And if you're just more consumed in what everyone else is doing than what you're, than what you're doing yourself, those 10 frames are going to go by like that. And all of a sudden you just shot 150 and you're chasing the leader by 100 after the first game. So it's like that's the uniqueness about our sport, I feel, is that you can see what's going on all around you from everyone else. And it's like the people who do the best are the ones who – can ultimately zone out what's going on around them and just, you know, be in their own little world. Mm. What's that? What's the one movie, uh, that one golf movie where he like shuts his eyes, opens his eyes and the crowd just goes away. Oh, you know man. what I'm talking about? And he's like, I can't think of the name right now. Everyone, everyone in the gallery just like disappears. And all you see is the whole stuff. Ah. Is it like the greatest game ever played or something like that? Is it with like Shia LaBeouf? I, I'll have to follow up on you on that. Yeah, I don't know exactly the name, but why don't you, you know you know what I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just like a moment. Canceling you know? everyone else out and just focusing on yourself, zoning in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, you obviously laid it down perfectly with all the, you know, the bowling mentalities. And obviously when high school was over with, you had to decide to, you know, 
difficult. You know, you have to decide where you want it to bowl collegiately. And at first you went to Indiana Tech and first season, you know, you're used to being a big time bowler. And then, boom, you go to a new school, you deliver, you know, you and your guys delivered of schools that first ever national championship. Um, what was it? What was it like to be a part of history like that at Indiana Tech? It was crazy because uh, like there in college bowling, there's tier one events and there's tier two events. We won both tier one events in Pennsylvania that year and the school had never ever won a tier one event. Wow. So we were like set in set, you know, not like we're just like set new records each each week. We bowled practically there. Um, and the thing about it was, is there was four freshmen, including myself, that that went there that year uh, with me. It was my three other roommates. And like, we just made a huge impact on the team. We were all on the varsity team. You know, three of the four of us were always bowling pretty much in the lineup. And then we had this one, we had two seniors, which gave us a little bit of guidance. You know what I mean? They had the experience. They'd been there before. Uh, and we had one really good guy. He was a All-American that year, too. He was bowling really well. Um, so, yeah, we had we had the experience, and then we had the new blood of us, and it was just crazy. And, you know, we basically set records every weekend. We went out to bowl, uh, and then we ended up winning the national, the NAIA National Championship at the end of the year, which is really cool. And we did it in a pretty cool fashion. We lost to uh, – so it's like it's a double elimination format. And we lost to St. Francis in one of the rounds, and then we had to bowl them again for the title, and we had to beat them twice. So then we we beat them once, and then we beat them twice, and it was pretty cool. It was, and it came down to the last frame of the last game, so it was exciting. But yeah, I mean, I would uh, I wouldn't trade anything to you know live those moments again. Those were the those were the glory days over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let's talk about that you know final showdown with the Saints. Um, it obviously you said it was exhilarating, but it did not come easy, man. It did not come easy at all. So big moment of the, you know, the the match was you're down two to one in the game that, you know, you gotta win the force another, you know, another set, um, another match. Um, you're down your team's down two to one, you're on the brink of elimination. What what was the vibe like, you know, for the guys, you know, knowing that your guys, your back's against the wall, you know, you got to come out and win these next two games. Like, what was the mindset like? What was the vibe like, you know, and what was the moment like, you know, experiencing, you know, that type of, you know, high pressure situation like that? Oh, crap. You put me on the spot. It's two years. <laughs> Sorry. Mike. Longer than two years. <laughs> I mean, it's it a national like... championship winning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was. um so to like give you a little insight, I was kind of like the team leader on the team. The guys always looked to me when you know I'd engage all the huddles, and you know, I you know I talked to them in the huddle. But right before that game, I was like, you know, this is our moment. You know, wherever this is what's going to define us. Where are we going to you know get up off the floor and keep fighting, or are we just going to lay down and take it? And it wasn't the fact that like we weren't trying hard enough. It's just we needed the lanes to just come to us a little bit. To, to help us out and they did we get we got a couple of good breaks and you know my saying is once you get a lucky break it's not a good break unless you throw a good one after it and then you know we always we, we kept on capitalizing and they threw us a couple bones they threw us a couple open frames and then when we won that game i mean all the momentum's on our side now it's 2-2 heading into that uh first the first set last game and then we end up winning that game uh and then, like I said, like all the momentum's on our side. 
we go into the next set. We win the first two games. We snap them off real fast. Mm-hmm. And then don't look now, but they won the next two. So mm-hmm. then now it's like, shoot. Because now <laughs> they got it. That Now they're feeling like they, you know, it's theirs to lose again, which it kind of is. And, uh, yeah, it goes down to the last frame. Uh, the guy, uh, their bowler in the 10th frame, had a chance to strike out to beat us. And he threw the first one. He threw the first one pretty good. He threw the second one all right. I think it like crossed over and tripped us, tripped a six pin forward. Mm. And then the last one, he, you know, he tugged it and it went through the face. So we ended up winning, but it was crazy to, and the, the crazy part about it, it was our guy missed a single pin spare in the 10th frame that would have ended it. If he just made the spare, it would have been ended. <laughs> so then like the emotions of he misses a spare, we're like, holy shit. It's like, this is over. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He misses a spare and it's just absolute disgust uh we're like all right well crap you know what i mean and the guy didn't strike out because the guy he was it wasn't automatic but i mean he was striking a lot that day and it's like there's certain guys that you just expect to get up there and you know throw three in a row mm-hmm. so it was it was crazy man because there was a lot you know what i mean that was the crazy part is part about it is there's there's a lot of that like emotion of you know we're on cloud nine you know we we literally got the game in our hands all we got to do is make the spare Mm-hmm. misses that spare we're like all right we just lost this national championship we went all this way we bowled all these games just to lose it and then he didn't strike out and we won it. it's crazy man it was it was something that you know probably won't ever experiencing anything like it again but you know i wouldn't be surprised if i do so. yeah no i mean it's very rare to win a national championship but it's also even more rare to win it in you know such a nail-biting fashion you know I mean, it wasn't it wasn't rare for us that that weekend at NAIs. We literally only had one match where it didn't go to game five. Oh wow! So you guys were you guys were pretty much used to the, we bowled you know, like we bowled like probably eight matches. You know what I mean? And all mm-hmm. of them went to game five. Mm-hmm. So it's like we were keeping. I mean, so diamonds are built in high pressure. You know what I mean? And like I think those every time we would win one it just would bring us more confidence and more confidence that we're going to do it. And that's why I think we bowled really well those last couple games and stuff, but it was crazy. It was crazy. It it sounded crazy, but last thing I want to ask you about that moment is to just take me through what you did the exact moment you knew, Oh my goodness, we just won the national championship. We sold it, but they sold it even harder. Like what was that feeling like? Cause you said that after that missed, you know, one pin spare, you felt you felt like it was you know probably slipping away, but then you realize, boom, we just won. What was that? What was that feeling like between you know? It was like a tightrope between win and loss, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an interesting. I I remember uh, there was this kid on our team. His name is Dylan. Dylan MacArthur. We called him D Mac. Mm-hmm. I remember he was a super senior, so he was a graduate student. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like a you know, the met, a mentor to us four freshmen that year, or at least me, for was, we spent a lot of time together and stuff. And I was like, and the first thing I did when we won is I was like, I told him, I said, you go grab that trophy and bring it over here, big dog. And he was the one to grab it first. Not just pure elation, you know what I mean? Like just all the hard work that we put in as a team and practice and stuff, all that just paying off. And like the feeling of, you know, going to a school so far away from home with these, you know, with these other guys that, you know, I felt like we had a lot of promise together and, you know, then to 
actually do it and snap it off and win that national championship it just it felt amazing it'll be something you know i'll never forget with those boys no matter what so it was it was really cool and then you know after it to spend some of those moments with you know some of the players and then my dad was there that was pretty cool and then i was on the phone with my mom because she wasn't able to make it there but uh yeah it was just it was really cool it was an awesome moment are the scores 175 to 171 still still etched in the back of your mind? I don't remember what the scores were now that you tell me. I remember they were low, though. I remember that game. They were low. <laughs> they weren't very good. But, yeah, yeah it's it crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I could tell. Just I mean, I'm just looking at I, – I just looked at the box scores, and I'm like, okay, that's that looked like pretty intense. You know, there was comebacks, and then there were, you know, missed spares and a lot of missed throws, and it's just a lot of – points being left on of, the lane a lot of back and forth action it's just it's such a momentum game and it's like especially like i told you in baker games it's so much built off momentum because what that guy does in front of you no matter what it's going to have an effect on what you're going to do if you're up next you know what i mean mm -hmm. and the way that guy walks off the approach if he's walking off the approach with his head down you know pissed at himself like that's not good for you but if you know he's really energetic and like hey you know i mean go get this one and stuff it's like but no matter what that guy does in front of you, it's going to affect your shot. So it's like it's so much a momentum game. And that's why, like, teams can have really big games and teams can have really bad games. And then apparently we both had pretty pretty bad games. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people were uh, – there's this term grabbing it a little bit, squeezing it a little bit. The thumbs yeah. were getting a little tighter and stuff. Yeah, that's what was happening in that game. Mm. It wasn't coming off of people's hands cleanly anymore. <laughs> Yeah, dude. So. What did you do with yourself? Like when you guys, you know, had the red banner in your hands, you know, did, did you did it start to, you know, really kick in that we just won a national championship when you held that banner? I mean, it took a couple of weeks before it really <laughs> took in, to be honest with you. It took a little bit of a, a hot minute for it to really set in. But it, I mean, it felt really good. So it felt really good to walk around campus knowing, yeah, we brought a national championship here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's got to be so cool, dude. But um, you guys had a chance to defend the title um, the very next year. Didn't exactly pan out that way, but you made an interesting move, and you decided that, you know, you wanted to take your talents somewhere else. And um, you chose St. Xavier as your next destination after Indiana Tech. So I have to ask you, Mike, why, why was St. Xavier the place for you after those two years at Indiana Tech? Uh it's no easy way to answer this. There was a little bit of a falling out between me and uh, the coaches there at Indiana Tech and, you know, a couple of the players. It was, uh, you know, difficult to make that decision and stuff. But after uh, that, after NAIA Nationals, after that tournament, I knew I was like, I'm not going back here. You know what I mean? I I felt like I'd been wronged. And, you know, that's for me to decide. And the beauty of this now transfer rule where people don't have to set out if they you know, if they feel like they're in a bad situation, in a bad place, they can just leave, which is really awesome, especially in my situation, because it's just like I, I, you know, I was living in hell there, didn't want to stay there. So, uh, yeah, I was like I knew I was going anywhere but there kind of the next year is how I was feeling. And then uh, funny enough, uh, Bobby Abitler, the kid, one of the kids on the team this year who was on our team at Indiana Tech, he transferred with me, me and him just, you know, after the first semester, we really hit it off. We just, you know, became really, really close. Our parents came really close and uh, kind of met a girl that goes here. <laughs> so, 
uh yeah she she really made it easy made a hard decision for me over where i was going next but uh bob knew he wanted to bob knew he wanted to be closer to home so this bob lives only uh 45 minutes away from here here in park ridge uh so i was just like you know we knew we wanted to transfer together somewhere and this was feeling like a pretty good option and then you know now my girlfriend goes here too and i was exposed to the campus a lot last year because i was coming coming here on the weekends and i really liked the place and stuff and uh bowling program i felt like had some promise i liked the coach and i was really looking for um really looking for just a better environment for myself and i felt like i was going to get that here and so far eight weeks nine weeks in it's like yeah i made a really good choice so that's kind of how Maybe we can we can credit this one to Olivia Dejadis. That's why I'm kind of here. We can honestly <laughs> do that too. So yeah, I mean, hey, they got they got themselves a pretty high um, high experienced bowlers. So you know, you can't say that they did not do a good job of recruiting. Yeah, coach coach made me a good offer, so I was like, yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here <laughs> come August. Yeah, funny story. Um, I remember um, last year it was around um, like March, late March, early April. Um, it was the the day of spring formal and it was a, a rainy day or it was going to be a rainy day. And I remember I was I was going back home. My mom was picking me up and I had saw all the, you know, all the girls that I knew on the bowling team. And I'm like, oh, there's Liv, there's Monica, there's Megan, there's all there's all them. There's their people. And I'm like, and I'm like, but they're all dressed up so fancy. I'm like, what could they possibly be doing? And why are they going to stand in what looks like is going to be a hail, a, a thunderstorm? coming up what are they what are they doing and i'm like oh mom it's spring formal they're gonna go to spring formal that's why they're dressed up like that and i'm like i know alex i know you know a, a couple of the other guys i don't know who that guy with Olivia <laughs> is i've never seen him before I've, I've seen him around at starbucks one time and he he didn't look familiar but i'm like i wonder who that guy is does he go here obviously the answer was no yeah. But <laughs> but I was like, huh? I was like, that's that's. I'm like, all right, now I get to know you. I'm like, oh, that was Michael. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was that was that that was that guy, Michael. I'm like, all right. Well, um, I, I mean, it's a heck of a heck of a pleasure to meet you, obviously. But um, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, dang, I could have said what's up before you even came here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. It did rain that day, by the way. It did rain on us. <laughs> yeah. I knew y'all wasn't gonna last too long before it started pouring, but, um, but yeah, dude, that was that was a funny little um tidbit, but, um, yeah, you're here now. Um, you're you're bowling. As a matter of fact, you just got through with a few weeks of competition. Uh, for your first, you know, few weeks of you know bowling competition here at Saint Xavier. What are those? Uh, what are the past three weeks feel like? And what did it feel like to finally, you know, get in the lanes with the people here at Saint Xavier? Uh, it, it felt pretty good. I mean, it, it feel, we're, we're bowling pretty well, especially these last two weeks. We're bowling really well. Uh, the first week, first, first competition was a little rough. It was 10th. You know what I mean? We didn't, didn't bowl to our expectations, didn't bowl to what we thought we were, you know what I mean? And yeah. that was all right though. I feel like it was good for us. It told us, Hey, you know, gave us a little bit of reality check at, Hey, you know what I mean? You guys need to need to start working a little bit harder and stuff. And we did that. And then we came back next week and we finished second out of, you know, I don't know how many teams. There was a bunch of them. It was a tier one event. So it was a big event. We came and finished second, which was really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then, uh, yeah, last weekend we finished second again. We were really close to winning. We were leading going into the last four games. So, I mean, we got that we got that taste, you know what I mean? We got what it tastes like to feel victory again. And I think we're going to – I think we're really close, you know what I mean? Some of these tournaments in the next, you know, month and a half, two months, we should be – we should be – right there up with the best of them. And I think uh, we showed our true colors these last two weekends. So, yeah. So, you know, progress, you know, that's something that you kind of highlighted out. Um, obviously, you, it's not very likely that, you know, you're just going to come out the shoot and think, oh, yeah, this team's definitely going to win a national championship. We're going to, you know, we're going to cruise through. Obviously, that's not really how it ever goes. So um, how do you expect to, you know, progress? Um, not just as an individual bowler yourself, but, you know, helping the team, you know, progress as well. How do you plan on uh, going forward? I feel like, especially with how long bowling season is compared to other sports, we just got to peak at the right time. You know what I mean? I feel like it's it should be some, you know, we just got to slowly get better and better till you know, next March when NAIA Nationals are. And I feel like we've shown we've shown we've been pretty good at that these last two weeks. So we're you know we're showing progression even already. So and I feel like it's only up from here. Uh, me, I've personally been bowling really well and I'm proud of that. But I, I'm I'm trying to make an effort to you know these next three we got three weeks off here coming up, and I'm gonna we're gonna try and make an effort. Hey, we're gonna work really hard in practice. We're gonna come out even better. You know what I mean? Than we were these last two weekends, and you know that comes from we got to be practicing the right stuff. And uh, we got to be working hard on, you know, what's going to help our scores get better. And that's ultimately we got to be better on spare shooting and we got to be better on uh, doubling percentage, which doubling is striking after a strike. So and we shown progress in both those areas over the course of each weekend. And if we keep, you know, getting one percent better every day, then, you know, by the end of the season, we'll be pretty damn good. So and there's no guarantee to you know which team's gonna win ever you know what i mean in bowling wichita state has had the most talent on its team pretty much every single year but they don't win the title every single year mm-hmm. they come real close every single year that's for sure yeah. but you know what i mean they don't win the title every year so it's like in bowling it's you know you just got to put yourself in that you just got to put yourself in the situation to succeed and you know whatever happens happens it's not a coin flip i'm not trying to say that but mm-hmm. you know if you keep putting yourself in that, you know, you keep putting yourself in that place, you're going to eventually win one. So it's kind of like if Daniel Jones keeps going on Monday night football, he'll eventually <laughs> win one. Wow. Yeah. I or know. not. Probably I know. not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably not. Honestly, I don't, I don't know if they should have gave him that bag that soon, but you know what? <laughs> that's a, that's a discussion for another day. Um, so you guys have a little time off from um, competition. Obviously last weekend, you know, was the last of a three week, you know, stretch of, you know, competition. Your next competition isn't until, you know, four weeks from now in November. So what are you guys going to do, you know, with this time off of competition to, you know, kind of stay fresh and get yourselves ready for, you know, the next path of competition ahead? Personally, I'm taking seven days off, John. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, well, I'll be back in there. Uh, We we're I mean, we're practicing four times a week, so it's not like we're not practicing. We just got to be um really just got to be really on what we're practicing you know what i mean by like you know paying attention to we're doing the right things in practice because if we keep doing the right things in practice it's going to show up on the days of competition 
And it's kind of hard to put yourself in those, you know, in game day situations uh, while you're practicing. But the more we can do that, I feel like the better too, just because we got a couple of freshmen on the on the uh, team too, who just if they had like a little bit more experience, you know, help them in that moment. Because let me tell you, if you if you don't have the right mindset going in there, it's like it's difficult to perform no matter how good you are in practice. It's really difficult to perform if you don't have that right mindset. And it's like some guys sometimes will get in their heads and be like, hey, you know, if I don't strike here, you know what I mean? I'm going to get pulled or, you know, I'm, I'm letting the team down and whatnot. And you're forgetting the fact that go out there and perform the best you can. Don't be nervous. Don't put added pressure on yourself, because if you mess up, there's four other, you know, there's seven other guys behind you to be there for you and get your back. So it's like trying to make that as apparent as I possibly can to some of the guys. And I, and I feel like they're really buying into it and they're listening to what I'm saying. And, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, we're really trending in the right direction. And that's easy to say when, you know, you go 10th, second, second. It's easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I hope this isn't just, you know, a little a little spell of like a really good bowling. I hope this is, you know, the long run what it's going to look like. And I really believe so, too. So I just we just got to keep doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep our head down and keep working. So. Yeah, and that's a that's a good mindset, especially for you know a team that has a lot of new faces on it, mm-hmm. um, not just yourself, but also a lot of freshmen as well. Um, so pretty much anybody on the team that you know. We're gonna have three transfers on this in the varsity team in the next semester because it's exactly. gonna be me, Bobby, and then Ryan Spears too is coming along on the next semester. So it's like, and he's gonna be a huge addition to the team next next semester. He's a really good player, um, and yeah, we can't wait to get him in the starting lineup in the starting bunch with me and Bob and a couple of the other guys. So we can't wait for that too. Yeah. I can't wait either. That should be very interesting to see the trio back together like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are in addition to a bowler, you are also a student. So I got to ask you, you know, what are you, what are you studying here for? I'm studying business management. So it kind of seems like the blandest of blandest, but you know, I plan on going back home probably after college to help out at the bowling center and run that. So it's like degree fits perfectly for what I need. So, mm. yeah, I, I mean, I was usually I ask, um, you know, my interviewees, you know, what inspired you to, you know, you know, pursue this, you know, certain profession, this certain career. But I don't think you need to explain any more than the fact that, hey, man, I was practically born in this place. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If I got the power to give back, I'm gonna give back. Yep. Um, that's yeah, that's that I you got my respect for that one. Cause that I mean, to to know a place like that for so long and a place that, you know, is so, you know, dear to your heart. And to have a chance to, you know, go back there and, you know, be give, on the other side. Give of- back to what's given me so much, honestly. You know what I mean? The get to practice for free whenever I want, get to put out whatever patterns I want and stuff. And, uh, you know, just it's given me the ability to become who I am. So it's like to get feel like I can give back a little bit to that would be awesome. So, mm. yeah, dude, I mean, that's that's awesome. But, you know, as a student, as just like a, you know, a college student, you're transferring, you know, midway through your collegiate, you know, career. I mean, how have you gotten settled in, you know, yet? I know it's mid-October, but, you know, it's been what eight nine weeks of school, um, and you've been on campus obviously because you know you're not going to commute from Florida. <laughs> um, so, 
how how has life as a as a Saint Xavier student been like for you so far? I like it, man. I, I mean, the food is a lot better than it was when we were at Indiana Tech. That's like something <laughs> I always say to people when they ask me this question. It's like that's a big deal, but the food is really good here. I really love that, and I mean. Um, the way the classes are structured was a little bit different. So I was like a, a thing to, you know, kind of get used to and stuff. And then like the small things or like the software that we use is different and stuff here than what we used to use at tech. But yeah, I feel like I've pretty much settled into it and gotten into the groove of schooling and stuff. So yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And it's kind of like me and Bob are living together. So it's like, I feel like it's not that big of a change because of that. And it's awesome living with him. So, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty nice and settled in here. Yeah, it could have been a little more than just you and Bob. Yeah. But whatever. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, dude, um, I mean, obviously, I can't I can't argue with you on the food part. Um, not even just, you know, the school's diner um, that, you know, gets my attention. I, I like the accessibility to just go over and walk over to Subway. Me personally. Um, a lot of people really underrate that Subway pizza. <laughs> I I think it's oh really? Pre- I I it, it, I know it sounds so outlandish to say when you because when you think of Subway you think of sub sandwiches, but you know what? I'm coming here on the record and I am saying their pizza is criminally underrated. I just think this their pizza is really freaking good, dude. That's an interesting take right there. That's an interesting take. I can't comment on it. I never had it. So, <laughs> yeah. but. And I can't say I'm going to have it, but that's a very interesting take there from Jotham. Yeah. Do some people, I wonder, do people even know that Subway offers pizza? Probably not. Probably I didn't, not. I didn't until you just said so. So <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a small option on the menu. I, I remember just looking one time and I'm like, wait, Subway serves pizza. That's like, that's a new one. Yeah. I'm like, there's been a lot of like weird like food additions to these, you know, notable restaurants over the past few years. Like you remember when everybody was on that chicken sandwich crave? Like, oh yeah, we're we're a restaurant, gotta have a chicken sandwich. I don't see Mahomes ever in the subway commercials holding up a pizza. So it's like <clears throat> don't know. Probably most people in the country don't know that they serve pizza either. Yeah, I I mean Like I said, I didn't know. Subway with pizza. Subway. Sub is in the name. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, but, you know, occasionally I would literally walk down there. You know, it's it's right there by the business management school, um, the business management building, which I'm sure you're pretty familiar with um, by now. Um, Had a couple classes in there. Weirdly enough, I had a philosophy class in there. I'm like, like, why am I having a philosophy class? It's an interesting one. But, uh, but you know, yeah. Interesting is my M.O. Yeah. It, it's my mo but um yeah i would i remember i would just you know i think we should get off the topic of subway pizza because it's making me uncomfortable i don't think it's good Jotham. <laughs> i'm not trying it i don't think it's good hey i'm, I'm not pushing it on you i'm, I'm sorry not, you I'm know sorry i mean i i'm not gonna push the pizza on you I'll, i I'll wouldn't just... i wouldn't tell you to go to chick-fil-a for a steak burger you know what i mean <laughs> come on yeah no i i would go to that texas roadhouse uh steakhouse down there at what 99th and something um yeah no get you some bread (laughs) the hot buns are good yeah dude but uh i got one last question for you mike before i let you go um so when you you know ultimately get done with your you know bowling career here and you ultimately graduate and you know you go back to florida um 
What do you think you want your legacy to be here as as a player, as a man, as a human being? Like, what, what do you think you want your legacy to be? What do you think you want your lasting impact to be here at St. Xavier? It's a crazy question. I that's ask a, it all the time. It's a bundled question. <laughs> that's what that is. I don't know. Uh, oof. Um, I just want... Um, hmm. This is this is a difficult question to answer. Take your time. Very philosophical. I just want to be remembered as you know a nice guy that you know was always there to lend a hand to people when they needed help and stuff, and uh, was a good bowler. That'd be nice if I got remembered as that <laughs> halfway decent bowler. But uh, yeah, I mean, it it's a team sport, and if there's one thing that you know I could leave an impact on, you know, to the incoming bowlers and stuff like that it's like don't be so um focused on your individual performance when the team is what is more important you know what i mean there's an individual portion to every weekend you know what i mean there's an individual all tournament team award that's given out and stuff and that's always awesome that's always cool to be in the limelight for individuals and and you know be the one that's holding trophy and stuff like that but it's so much more worth it to win as a team than it is to win as an individual because there's a lot more people that are wanting to come to dinner with you when you win as a team. Yeah. There's a lot more people that are happy. You know what I mean? When you win as an individual in a, in a field of 100, there's 99 people that still don't like you. They might they might come up and shake your hand and say, good bowling and you know awesome job, but they don't like you still. They, they, they wanted to be the one to win. So winning as a team is something amazing. And, you know, I want my impact to be that, you know, I was always a team player and I was always for the betterment of the team and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'd like to be remembered as. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you have a notable history of being a leader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering the the experience that you usually have, you know, when you're when you're on your, you know, the majority of your bowling teams, whether it be at Edgewood or at, you know, Tech, even though you won a natty as a freshman, you were still somewhat of a vocal leader. Um, so, I mean, you're no stranger to leadership. So I'm not surprised that you would want to, you know, make sure that, you know, you just make everybody around you better. That's the goal. If I can make everyone around me 10% better, you know what I mean? By the time they get out of here, we'd be, we'd be really good. So, <laughs> 10 times 10%, my friend. Yeah. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Player Profiles podcast. Special thanks to Michael Harmon Jr. for taking the time out of his day to come and do this interview. Just one more thing before we go. Can I get a wow, Just the way I like it. Go Cougs, baby. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.